episode 20 on this episode i have chef bay on here <laughs> i have <laughs> i have joy the thing is i be wanting to say like your whole name like your last name too. <laughs> most people do you can i really be like i don't know why very long i think it's just favorite word. Yeah. <laughs> no, i believe it at joy but i was real close to being like joy sharp like i was about to say the whole thing <laughs> But no, I have Joy. So Joy, all of my guests, I ask them to introduce themselves. Um, doesn't have to be anything long. Just anything you want people to know about you. If you have any businesses or anything you want people to know about. Um, yeah. So good evening. My name is Joy Parham Thomas. I'll say the whole thing. But Chef Bay, formerly Teacher Bay. Um, but right now I am a mother and wife, and I have a business and. That's pretty much my life. My business is a small catering business based out of um, the Enterprise Center in West Philly. And right now, it's kind of like in a really transitional period. So I couldn't even really describe to you what we do. Um, Because we started off catering. And the goal was always to do events and pop up. So when COVID hit, it it really opened up kind of like a a, a space for us to do more grab-and-go and and curbside things. Mm -hmm. So when we shifted back to to pop-up mode, people just wanted to stay in curbside mode. So now we're trying to shift to, which is fine because that brought in our reach for demographic and thing like things like that. But it's, it's basically like, you know, you got to restructure the business basically. So it's like, we're kind of in that phase right now. So phasing out the list of the catering contracts, working on just more permanent pop-up residencies and products, like actual products, e-commerce. Cause I just can't be in the kitchen like that anymore. Girl. I believe it. I believe these are it. not hub needs, baby. Uh-uh. <laughs> I am cracking up. No, it's crazy how many businesses are really all going through a transition. Like I feel like I'm going through a transitional phase with my businesses too, because a lot of my business was hands on. You know, it, it, it's a service, so it was like being in front of people or being around a bunch of people, and you can't necessarily do that as much anymore. And like you said, a lot of people have become accustomed now to things where like, like the curbside, you know, I know I do they that. Wanted to, listen, you got to see these people when they come pick up their curbside. They look like little crickets. Little crickets. <laughs> they come up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a location. And it's always on a Sunday. Pickups are always on a Sunday. So they come to the location. And it's normally women who come and do the pickups. They got on their slippers and their bonnets. Glasses on, everybody's trying to fly and be on the street, looking behind their backs. It's hilarious. 
That is funny. I was going to say, I love doing curbside. Like, if I have the option of curbside now, I won't even, I'm, no, I'm not getting out of my car <laughs> at school. Like, come right I'm, on I'm, over to I'm this car there. right here. I'll take it. See, I, I'm with it, and then sometimes that delivery fee, and I'm like, I'm gonna just get in the car. Yeah, I'll if there's it. no, yeah, if there's a fee, then nah, it's cool. I'll walk, I'll get it. But if there's not a fee, like Chick Fil A, there's this like they don't have a fee at all. But I found out curbside is only in certain locations, and it's mostly in Jersey. They don't really have them in Philly, so it's I don't. It's a wanna... real funky setup in Philly. We yeah. Got one on Columbus, but it's real trashy. Yeah, so I mean, just, the locations in general are trashy because they don't really, I don't even think they say my pleasure in the ones in Philly. <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't give a no, shit. The AM, the AM shift is very sweet. It's okay. The, the swing shift, when they roll in, I don't know. They're, they're a different breed. They I didn't didn't feel it bad for them, though. Because they're busy. Like, tell me a chick, tell me a time that you pass by Chick-fil-A and there's not a long-ass line. Like, later on in the day. Like, they be busy. And then, even if you're there, like, I think they close at 10. It's a shame that I know this, but I used to work right next to a Chick-fil-A. So, I used to know, I mean, like, I got to... It's no judgment, though. So, don't yeah. worry. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be like, I got to hurry up and get the Chick-fil-A before 10 o'clock. Because if you get your order, even if you're in line, even though they're closed, they'll still take your order. So, I was like, as long as I'm there. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, two things told, though, that's like the rule across the industry. So, even if you walk into a restaurant at 9.59 and they close at 10, they have to seat you. <laughs> they actually have to you. need you. to tell and Wendy's and fucking McDonald's that. Going off. Like, well. <laughs> Shoot. Wendy's and McDonald's did not get the memo. They damn near don't even be having shit in stock. I just be like, what do you mean? You out of burgers. You out of fucking... Nuggets, but I haven't gone to McDonald's in a while now, cause I started um watching what I was eating. So I haven't really, I haven't now. I think about it, I haven't gone there in a few months. But when I would go, they always they never had nothing. Do you feel like? Cause I really, I do do takeout or whatever. Even though I cook for a living, I get tired of cooking, so I eat a lot of takeout. But I just for some reason, even though it's so ignorant of me to feel like this, but I feel like Wendy's isn't as bad as McDonald's. So I'm gonna go to Wendy's. Like I don't know. Oh no, yeah, else? that's why I said I haven't gone to McDonald's because I'll take my ass to Wendy's still. Like <laughs> I really don't feel like Wendy's. I agree with you. I don't feel like it's as um terrible as McDonald's, and I. I don't know if it's, like, the difference in, like, grease or, like, I don't know what it is, but McDonald's is just trashy. And I know every now and then people still eat it, and that's fine, but it's just it's just at the bottom of the barrel. As well, you know why McDonald's food. is trashy? Because once they dropped that documentary back in the day, the one everybody had yeah. That was it. Yeah. It was a race. Forever Tracy. Yeah, that's true. And then I remember a lot of the girls I went to school with at Girls High, a couple of them worked at McDonald's, and then they always, like, they just always had like trashy stories about like how they like the food, how it's getting prepared and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's just no, we just not a McDonald's fan no, over here. No. <laughs> nope, I got McDonald's money, but I'm not gonna spend it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna roll into our first segment, which is called "I See You, Sis." So during this segment, um, basically we shout out any women or a woman that has been inspiring you or motivating you in any way. My shout out for this episode is Lauren. So she went to IUP with us. I'm not sure what year. I know she was younger than me. So I want to say maybe she's like two years younger than me, maybe one. But she went to IUP with us. Um, she She has a business called Now I Am Mom. 
and her Instagram page is just that. It's now I am mom. So I wanted to shout her out just because I feel like she is doing such a great job. And I don't know if she knows it, but like she posts consistently. All her posts are like done with intention. If you go to her page, she has like a whole aesthetic. Like everything is just so well thought out and well done. And well, shout out to you, Lauren. Listen, yeah. I'll like, be struggling with mine. I don't know how she does it. And she has, you know, she's a mom. Like she has a kid. She's um she is a fiance, I believe. For just from looking at her post, because she's very transparent. I believe her fiance, I believe, has a kid. So she's like a stepmom on top of that. So it's just like she does a lot. And I really enjoy I, I think that's the main thing I love about it too, is her transparency. She talks about like you know, past relationships, like even stuff that she's had to adjust to as a mom. And then recently she um came out with her own planner. So I love planners. Like that's my shit. I will buy. She I just bought a planner today. <laughs> like I'm all about stationery. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> stationery is one it. of my weaknesses. Like I love it. So she created a whole planner and it's called, I believe it's called Now I Am Mom Intentional Daily Planner. And she has like inserts in there. She has like basically, you know, like you, she wants you to be intentional about what you want to get done during your day and just your general goals. It's a really cool planner. I was this close to buying it because I've bought stuff that's for moms, <laughs> even though I'm not a mom. But like the stuff for moms be so organized. <laughs> and so it's I was so, so organized. Close. But- you got to be a special kind of mom to actually find the time to sit down. And yeah, and that too. <laughs> that too. But I'm guessing that's why she made the planners like to help, I guess, in that aspect. Because that was her whole point of calling it an intentional planner. So I think it's to help with stuff that's related towards like moms. So she's selling that. I wanted to give a shout out to her. It's on her website. So just follow her. Is that now I am mom. Um, I think you guys will really enjoy her content. So shout out to Lauren. Oh, I'll check her out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, um, hmm. So this is I, can I do two people? You sure can. Okay, because I have to be a biased friend, so I have to shout out the homie Bane Do Bane Do Squire. She's shout on Food Network Bain right Bain now, <laughs> my girl. You know, <laughs> that's like yeah, you know that's that's you know you know that's my favorite friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm super proud of her. Just her growth, everything she's doing. If, you know, if we're not talking trash to each other on the phone, she's like doing some new cakes or she's booked and she's busy. It's a photo shoot. And I'm, I'm really proud of her. And I just hope that she knows how proud of her we are. We are, you know, I don't, I don't know if I say it enough as a friend, but I'm really proud of her. Um, and then the second person, and the other reason I'm really proud of her too, because if you've ever filmed for a reality show, it takes, it takes a lot more energy and like, Energy, tenacity, um, tolerance, and patience than people really think. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah, like it takes a lot. It's a it's a major strain. It's a psych. It can be a psychological strain in a way too. So when I say I'm proud of her, like I'm proud of her. Like that's a it's a process within itself. They be hazing the hell out of you on those TV sets. Like I don't care, girl. Okay. Um, and then the other person. So. I've never met this woman in person, but in my mind, she's like, she's like my big cousin that I always wanted, I guess. Um, or maybe like even like the stepsister I would have been down with having because I'm an only child, so I can't say sister. But, you know, something like that. She, um, Her name is Essie Bartels, and she owns a brand by the name of Essie Spice. 
and basically she has four signature spice blends um and she just dropped a new product yesterday called loaf or whatever which is an abbreviation for jaloaf which is i mean for most people that are, that are familiar with west african culture they're familiar with the dish but now um dining of the diaspora is becoming more like popular so you know she really capitalized on that and i just that was like the greatest move i'm just like you are the goat for this <laughs> so i can't wait like i'm actually not even going to order the product online i'm going to intentionally drive to jersey and go in whole foods and buy it because she i've, I've seen it's it in grow, whole foods I remember her. yeah she's listen she's on amazon she's in she's on amazon she get it crime girl get it crime oh um, wow yes 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 she was just mentioned on BuzzFeed, but I love her. She's really sweet. She's always, I just mess, I'm not very, like, um outgoing. Like, I'm not, I'm a super introvert, and sometimes I just don't know how to address people when I need something. But she's always willingly and eagerly answered any questions, freely giving advice and encouragement, you know, and that's something I've always needed as a woman. So I got to shout her out. Like, cause she's just, she's about, I'm going to see her. I'm sure I'm going to see her on like Forbes 40 under 40 soon. Or like on some list. Cause she's on the move and I'm really proud of her. So that African girl's taking over. Huh? Wow. Shout out to her. Yeah. She's on Insta. Um, Essie, Essie Spice. That's her brand. Essie Spice. E-S-S-I-E. Like when you started mentioning that, I'm like, I feel like I've seen that at least like, at least just like, you know, Maybe like passing by, I just pulled it up so I could follow her. Maybe, maybe in my story somewhere. Maybe. I don't know. So somewhere in the land of the gram, I'm sure I was the one posted it. But oh, and this is like um, aesthetically pleasing too. Like the the thing that she has on the, the spice, the packaging. Yes, I'm here for it. The branding, yeah. the content. I love it. Oh, I'm definitely following. Right, that's info. so cool. You know what I loved about that too, which is something that I'm trying to do is the fact that you said she's so willing to share and help. Um, and I have to be honest, like for a very long time, I was not willing to share or help people with anything related to photography. I was, I wouldn't say I was nasty about it, but I was very like, no, I had to figure it out on my own. So you got to figure it out on your own type of person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like, I don't want to do that anymore. And I know as of recent, I'm just like, I don't want, I just don't want to do that. I'm trying to get in the mindset of like, what's for me is for me and me helping somebody or me giving them some advice or info is never going to stop me or my bag. Like I shouldn't be thinking that way. I should be trying to, why not? Let's uplift one another. How else are we going to learn? So I definitely like that. She's like that because that's something I'm striving to be because my mindset was completely different a couple years ago. So shout out to her that out but you know what those see mm-hmm. i think when you realize too like because I, I just kind of went through this with someone it was something similar we were trying to get um a project together and basically i pulled out of the project and it was different stuff that i had shared with her prior to about look this is different ways you can maneuver in the pandemic this is how you can do this yada 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 and she blatantly told me in my face like i'm not doing this i'm not doing that no i would never set up and do this oh well after we had the meeting and i pulled out of the event not not because not based on her or anything like that just i gotta make business moves the way you know i should make business moves and you cool girl but i should bust that move so 
all of a sudden, right after the meeting, I start seeing different posts. Hey, guys, would you be interested in such and so, such and so? I'm sending out email blasts to the board of people and things like that. All the things that I told you you mm. should try to do to generate more revenue or be able to, like, reach your people again. And you told me you didn't want to do You turned around and did it. But it also let me know, too, no matter how many ideas you mind you think you can run with, I'm literally, like, I'm a free-flowing pool, waterfall, whatever of, of ideas. So... Even if you have, even if you have the recipe, you do not have the technique. So it yes. doesn't matter if you take my ideas. Yeah, you can share with people all you want. You can give them as much info as you want because you can sit back and be like, "Now, what are you going to do?" You know what, Joy? You need to put that on a shirt. You might have the recipe, but you don't have the technique, okay? You need to get some merch because they <laughs> is me. good, okay? <laughs> they is so good. But you're you're right. You're right. You're 100% correct about that. And I had told, I had a conversation with Nigel where I was saying, like, you know how even sometimes you'll see people kind of copy an idea or something you've come up with? And mm-hmm. I used to get really, really angry about that kind of stuff. Like, I used to be like, are you kidding me? Like, out of all the things you could do, you're going to do exactly what I did or do something, like, exact, you know, similar where we can obviously tell, like, you got it from me. But I told Nigel recently, now I'm kind of just like, it's whatever, because there's more where that came from. So if you want to go ahead and take that idea, you go ahead and run with it, because I'll have another idea on my end and I'll be good. And what worked for me might not work for you. So you all hype, but you know, like you, who's to know if that's going to work for you the same way it worked for me. So I, I'm trying just to let go of all of that. Like just all of that, like weirdness when it comes to business and being all like, no, I can't share like all that, you know, all that stuff that's around that, you know, so I know. Yeah. Hey, listen, this, People are weird though. How would, what did you say? I'm sorry. I said people are weird. That's the only thing that you kind of, it makes you hesitant, but then you're just like, nah, I'm not even going to worry myself like that. Look, I don't know how shady the photography industry is, but the culinary industry is shady. Mm. So, you know, once it's, it's pretty common to share idea, a dish, a recipe or whatever with someone and it end up on their menu as their signature dish. No. Girl, listen, I done been on pages, people's pages, they got pictures of my food on it. No, Joy. Oh, my God. I don't even care anymore. And get you to remix the name of it and everything. Oh. I, I appreciate the effort. I'm glad. That's the other thing too. Like, I wonder. Like, it's one thing if, let's say, okay, you're gonna you're gonna take something that I came up with, or you're gonna copy, but at least show us some love, or at least be like, listen, I, you know, it's inspired by or something like that. Like, dang, you just gonna leave me out of it like that? Like, I don't know. Like you said, people are shady, but shady, shady. Oh man. All right, we're gonna move into our next segment, which is called "I Plead the Fifth. So this is where I ask my guests questions in a never have I ever format. So they can either answer and if they do answer, they have to tell us the truth and the story behind it, or they can choose to plead the fifth and then they would have to take a shot or, uh, you know, drink whatever they're drinking if they have a mixed drink. So Joy told me she is, she does have a libation tonight and I am drinking Truly's. I don't know if I was drinking that last episode because I didn't record for like two weeks, but is that the seltzer? Yes. I'm like been stuck on these seltzers. Like I said, I've been trying to watch what I've been eating lately. Um, and it's also with the drinking. So I tried the seltzer. My my bridesmaid Stephanie loves seltzers. 
And she Ben was telling us about these seltzers. And I'm like, no, no, whatever. F seltzers. But then I tried. <laughs> I was. I was just like, whatever. That's white people's shit, like, in my mind. But I tried it the one day. I think I tried the White Claw because of my friend Helen. And they were good. You like the White Claw. Yeah. I, you said you didn't like them? No. I thought they were okay. And I and I was like all for the White Claw at, for a while, but then I tried the Trulies, and now I'm like fuck White Claw. <laughs> Truly is where it's at. So if you haven't had a Truly, try it. I think it's pretty good. Okay, I'll try a Truly because the White Claw I wasn't really into. Funny enough, though, I've been into non-alcoholic seltzers like this year. That's like really been. Oh wow. Yeah, like it really started when I was pregnant with Nia. So maybe for the last year or so. I need some kind of seltzer. It's fizzy water in the fridge right now. Okay. Yeah, that's what... So, Nige has been drinking, like, seltzers, like, outside the non-alcoholic seltzers, too. And he's actually had me taste some. And they're good. Like, I don't know if it's that I'm getting older or my taste buds are changing. Because I could have swore up and down I hated seltzers. But now I'm fine. So, yeah. So, shout I, out to that. I think when you experience different foods and drinks that aren't as processed and stuff, as you get older, you just start to appreciate the things they were yes. nasty to us as children, I guess you would say. Because Perrier was terrible to me as a child. Yes. Now, I love grapefruit Perrier. So, it's just... But my palate is different. Like, when I was a child, I wasn't even touching grapefruit. It was an absolute no-no. Yep. And I don't want fizzy water. Get that trash out of here. It's not sweet, you know? Yeah. That was childhood. You're right. Because even sometimes now, I'll have stuff... Like, if I have a sip of, like, something that has too much sugar and I'm like, oh, you can taste the sugar. I don't want... <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. You're just, yeah, your palate just changed. Oh, man. All right. So first question is, never have I ever burned something while cooking that also caused damage to the kitchen or establishment I was in? Never. Never? No. Oh, you're awesome. Myself. myself. <laughs> I burnt myself pretty bad before, but not like the Nothing in the establishment. Oh, yeah, no. What did I'm you do? Solid. What did you do with burning yourself? Because now I'm interested. All right, so the real story. I'll tell you the real story. I was high <laughs> over it, child. <laughs> oh my god! And I was in there making taco bowls, and my stupid ass picked up the taco. Like I didn't use. I didn't use the right. The the taco bowls kind of hold oil in the pockets, and I just was flicking and just doing the most and talking and I turned the ladle because you use a ladle to press it down I turned it up I don't know what made me turn it upside down but that oil went all the way down my arm and I have a burn on my arm right now it looks like a pork chop bone and pork chop (laughs) oh my gosh I would be bitching anytime I get like little burns I'd be bitching so I know I would be losing my damn mind child that skin fell off my boss was like uh you need to leave I said that the skin yeah, fell off. Like, oh my god, Joy! Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was so bad they had to give me Percocets or volume when I was in Temple. But Temple was so trashy because I ended up walking out of the dead on ER. Yo, let me tell you, this is the one on Broad, right? Because I know they got different yes. campuses. Yo, let me tell you how me and my mother did the same thing. I know we're going on a tangent, but I just want to let y'all know how trash Temple ER on Broad Street is. My mom at the time, she was about to have a surgery um, for something that was going on with her. So, mm-hmm. like, leading up to the surgery, she had a mishap, and she tripped, and she, like, messed herself up. So, she was like, I think I need to go to the hospital. So, I'm like, okay. 
So I was like, where do you want to go? And she's like, well, let's just go to Temple because it's the closest to us because we live in North Philly. So I'm like, okay, yo, we went in there and I felt like I was, I think I talked about this on the last episode maybe where I felt like I was in Don't Be a Menace in South Central, that hospital. I felt like I was in that bitch. I was like, what is going on here? There was, first off, it was packed. And this was like a normal day, like a Tuesday, like a regular weeknight. It was packed. There was people everywhere. There was this one girl was in the corner screaming that she was in pain, but she looked fine. I mean, I'm not saying she wasn't in pain, but she, she wasn't like bleeding or nothing. Then, like, we were sitting, I think we sat there for two, three hours, and we were only seen by a person that, I guess, takes down your information and, like, asks, like, what are your symptoms and stuff like that, but that was it. And I was like, Mom, I think we should leave. I was like, I don't think you're going to get seen here. So we left. We walked out, and I was like, never again. Like, I'm not going back there if I can help it. It's a hot mess. You know what? It was so first of all, you I never even saw a room. They said I don't know when if it was like this when you were there, but it was like a little bay of chairs inside yeah. of the ER. They sat me in a chair. I did everything from the chair and I'm like, I just wanna go home. Y'all not even gonna let me see a doctor. You're just gonna throw me a pill and I just I left. I would have been there all day for nothing. It was Yeah, we didn't get to see we didn't get to see much. anyone either. They just it was had too us much. Yeah, they just had us in the chair right there, and that was it. And that's why I was like, so we still got to wait some more? After we just waited three hours just to see this person? No, 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 no. Let's go. And wait a minute. Outside, t- uh, Temple was jumping, too. So it's just like, it got to go. It's not yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. <Not> for me. <laughs> you know from the gate when you go in and the security people be on something else. Like, you already know, like, ah, uh, this might not be the spot for me. Because they be bullshitting, too. Like, yeah, Temple, I'm sorry. Nothing against your hospital, but that Broad Street campus is off the chain, okay? That ER, mm-mm, no way. Um, Do you know what, could you imagine that ER on a homecoming night? Oh, terrible. Terrible. Like, I I really want to let people know, like, please don't go there with an emergency. <laughs> like, and if you do got an emergency, you got to go in an ambulance, I guess, because you're, you will, you'll be waiting forever. Like, I don't know if coming in an ambulance helps child i think it does i think in general if you come in an ambulance they'll take you quicker i think i don't know but i'm hope i'm hoping so that place is just crazy um next question is never have i ever thought a friend's baby was ugly no because i don't i actually don't have many friends i'm the friend with the babies okay yeah I thought mine were pretty funny looking in the beginning, though. But most babies are for like three to five. For like three to five business days, they are. Different, you know. They're cute because they're they're babies, but Mm. some babies do come out like gorgeous. Mine's were actually just really puffy. They just were puffy, really puffy. I don't know how to describe it. You would have to. You would have to been there. I feel like I know what you're talking about because I've seen babies like. Watch, just on TV and stuff like that. I've seen them come out where they look like a little swollen. Mm-hmm. So like, is that? I think that's what you're talking about. Like they just look a little swollen, like the eyes and like their face. Yeah, okay. both of mine are really swollen around the eyes. So that uh-huh. that's just, I don't know who, what side of whose family they came from, but they came with the kids when they came. So I just, you, know, <laughs> you said give them take three give to them five business days. <laughs> <laughs> well, they come around after a few days. Though. 
So. Oh my god! I'm gonna be honest. I have thought of friends. Really? <laughs> I'm not gonna say who. I'm not gonna do that. But, but you can't say who. Yeah, but, but I have. I have, and I've waited it three to five business days because I understand that, like, when babies first come out, that's not what they're gonna look like. That it, it babies be changing rapidly. Like they can look one way, like one half of the year, the next half of the year, something different. Especially if they start like. Like little girls are start growing hair and, and then you start adding all these little cute things to them. So like babies are constantly changing. So I do understand that, but I have given like the, the waiting period and then I'd still be like, Oh man, oh, poor baby. <laughs> but I would honestly, so I would think like if you had an ugly baby, you would know if you had an ugly baby, but nope. I just, Oh, Nope. They, <laughs> this person does not know. <laughs> Oh, poor baby. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, you got to, me myself, if I were to have an ugly baby, I'm at least going to try to work with my baby. I'm going to make it, you know, dress it up cute or like something, do something cute for it. But this person, I don't, th- I think they just think the baby's fine. And I don't, I just, I, I feel, feel like, bad for the baby. <laughs> but I feel like you can have an ugly baby, right? Like, you know how those, you have those bald head babies. Mm-hmm. And then you look up maybe five, six years later and they have hair down their back or something. So, I mean, like you said, the, the kids, they kind of like shape shift mm-hmm. almost. <laughs> I don't know. 100%. I've even what? seen kids that like they've looked one way, like they might have been a little funny looker, funny looking when they were younger, and then they was like they turned six or seven or eight, and it's just like wow, like or they like I know this sounds bad, but that term like they start growing into their looks, like they really do though, and it's just like they look great. So it's just I think sometimes like we all do, we all have them weird awkward stages, whether it's at a baby or whatever age it is, but yeah, I have. I am. I have seen some people with some ugly babies, and I just be like, "Oh no!" <laughs> well, if I catch somebody in tr- like, if I'm ha- if, if I see an ugly, baby, I mean, I know they exist, um, but you know, if I was to see one, uh, thank goodness for masks. We're doing the mask thing nowadays. I keep my mask on because that's literally like I cannot hold my expression. So, <laughs> <laughs> and we need to hope that this happens in the summertime for real, for real. And then I have sunglasses on. <laughs> I- <laughs> no words will need to be said. Oh my god, I can't. <laughs> uh, I love all the babies, though. See, love the kids. Just want to let y'all know that. Um, oh, I do too. Yeah, you know, it's just sometimes it's just like, whoa, what happened there? Um, next question is Never have I ever had a partner that used a cock ring during intercourse. I'm going to tweet this. You going to bleep? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I haven't had somebody tweet the fifth in so what, long. What, and what, I think it was because my questions was being like real neutral. But I was like, I'm going to kick it in gear this episode and I, see what happens. What I, will, what I will say is, though, um, toys are fun. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> Get a bag and fill up the sack. Um, but actually, I no, I've used it before. It's <laughs> I have a bag of toys. I'm grown now, so I don't. Right. I, it's really no shame. Yeah. Um, I just I don't really want to talk about that right now. No, it's okay. <laughs> That's what I was like. You plead the fifth. Sorry, you just you have every right to plead the fifth. That's not a problem. <laughs> And I asked that question because I think you might have seen it on my IG story. 
Um, the little bowl. The little, yeah. If y'all don't follow my personal IG, feel free to follow it. Just know that like all business related stuff with Vixen is always on Vixen's IG. But if you want to follow my personal IG, um, I put on my story this gift that Nigel had won at our mother-in-law's birthday dinner. She asked the question and the gift ended up being a cock ring, but it had balls, like a ball thing attached to it. But it was the smallest like ball attachment I've ever seen. And we were just like, who is this fitting? Like, what is this for? I've He's never used one. I never used one. So I put it on Instagram to ask people like, what is this for? And I had so many responses. Surprisingly, a lot of people have used the cock rings. They said they've never seen or used a cock ring that had that ball part attached. They thought that was the weirdest thing. No, so, that ball thing was very strange. It was strange. When you think about it size-wise, like, how are you supposed to get, I mean, I don't have balls. I don't know how, like, pliable they are and things like that. But I would assume it would take a lot of work to get, like, a nut in there. So, and then maybe you would probably, I don't know, would they have to masturbate first to kind of, like, right. drain that thing out or whatever? Like, how would you, because it was very small. It was it small. Was very, and that's what Listen. I was saying. It looked like it was be painful. I'm like, how is it supposed to be pleasurable? It looks tight as hell. Like, I was telling everybody, I'm like, this shit look tighter than a waist trainer. Like, how are you fitting anything in? Like, it was a hot mess, y'all. So, but I was really surprised to find out that so many people had used cock rings. I've never, I, I honestly didn't even know anything about it. I never used Girl. it. But a lot of people this were sharing with me that they have, and they said they really enjoyed it. So I was just like, oh, learn something new. So... Maybe, maybe like, I, I'm thinking it was like a $10 investment at most. Yeah, like I think one, so, too. The packaging said supple on it. So, I'm pretty sure it said supple cock ring. So, I'm pretty sure it was only $10. <laughs> the regular cock, no, like the actual, I'm not, nobody's playing with the cock ring with the ball, the checks <laughs> for the ball, whatever, whatever that situation was. But the actual, the real cock rings, though, they're actually, I don't know what it feels like for a guy because I'm not a guy, but on the other th- side of things, I would think that you wouldn't need a ball cup anyway, yeah. like a, whatever that the weight ball weight, whatever that was supposed to be, because the cock ring is essentially it's it's kind of creating a, a little separation where the balls is really really swinging. So like, is it you don't need you don't need plastic on there. You just okay. need the rings and and y'all. I, I'm going more into this. Like, there has to be a YouTube video or something. <laughs> no, I mean, you don't need a video. I would say put it on upside down. I mean, I don't know if we're going. I don't think we're going to use it because that had the ball attachment. So I think we would just no, probably have to get another girl, one. No, no, like that's for some. I to say that's white not man for us. somewhere. I don't know. Somebody named Peter is giving me yeah. Peter vibes, right? Peter, very Peter. That's exactly the vibes I was getting. I can't join. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, next question is never have I ever been someone else's alibi. And this could be like if like it could be crime related or it could be like you looking out for a homegirl cuz she was going to go see her man, her other man. Honestly, I don't think I have. If if I have, I really can't remember. Um I'm normally pretty transparent. Okay. So and then my friends, it's, I don't really have to lie for my friends. They're pretty transparent people, I guess you would say. Okay. You know, so it's whatever Whatever you're doing, you're doing. Um, I, yeah, no, I don't think I have. I don't, no, I don't get involved, girlfriend, and I, I just don't get involved. Don't That's call good. me. I won't answer 
That's good. That's what I was going to say. I think I might have been someone's alibi once when they were, like, doing whatever they were doing. But don't do that to your friends, y'all. I mean, if y'all have that kind of friendship, fine. But, like, for the most part, I don't think it's a good idea. Because it's like, you know, if things go left and then your significant other, the, the significant other finds out that your friend knew the whole time and was lying, but then y'all, you know, get back together and y'all are fine. But he's always or she's always going to look at you like you a liar, you're whatever, right. you're enabling whatever they were doing, you know? So it's kind of like, like you said, just don't get in the middle of it. Let people do their thing and just ask them politely not to involve you because it's just don't. not necessary. I cannot be involved. I just, I don't have time. I, have you heard, I know you, I don't know if you've heard that clip from the Kardashian show with Kim and she, she has the voicemail and she's like, I can't come to the phone right now because I'm doing A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z, the kids do it. Don't call me back. Bye. Like that's literally her voicemail. That's <laughs> no. the kind of time. Yeah, I gotta find it and send it to you. Oh um, yeah, I just don't involve me. I don't have time. Like that's how a very Kim Kardashian uninvolved. I don't want to be bothered. <laughs> I can't be bothered. <laughs> I feel cool. that shit too. No, seriously though, I do. I I think the older you get to, the more you're just like, I like my peace. Like, and it's just not. It's not into my business. <laughs> go ahead. Go right over there with it. I'll listen to the, to the juice though. I will too. I'm nosy, but I, I, you know, I'll completely forget it as soon as you tell me. But I will listen. Like I'll be like, "What you say now?" Oh, okay. And then I just keep it pushing. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not getting involved. Like, uh-uh. oh man. All right. Last question is: Never have I ever snitched on someone else at work. So I can't. So I have to answer this question by saying I have only because you you have to dry snitch at work when you work in the kitchens a lot because like. You don't always want to be the person fucking something up in the kitchen. So sometimes you got to say, well, yeah, I gave it to such and so, but, you know, they ain't do such and so. Knowing your ass didn't even tell them to do such and so for real, for real. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, we do a lot of dry snitching in there. Um, <laughs> just to stay out of the way. Like, who left the walk-in open, stuff like that. No, you're the one who left the door open, but you're going to stand there and look stupid. So, yeah. And be like, I think such and so did it. You know. And then, yes, I've snitched. But these are all people I don't take home with me, so I don't really care. That's why I asked you, too, because I've seen that on cooking shows where, like, well, the one show that I watch a lot is called, what the fuck? It's called Bar Rescue, and I'll see where they're, like, they're trying to fix the kitchen up that's part of a bar, and they will ask, like, well, who did this? Who did that? And people just be like, they did it. Like, they just be, like, (laughs) snitching. But I feel like you have to, right? Sometimes in those certain cases, because it could be violations, and you would get, like, shut down and shit like that, right? Well, I feel like, (laughs) yeah, you can get shut down. I mean, I don't know about, I've never snitched on someone to a point. Well, I've never done anything at work where I would jeopardize my job or, like, another person's job. Like, I've never actually been fired from a job or anything like that. So, I can't say it's one of those things like you snitch like that for me, but I know like I'm I've been in kitchens where maybe I was supposed to be the person to do the inventory or do a thorough job of the inventory that night, but you know I knew I was supposed to do it and maybe someone just didn't say it to me and I'll just come I I won't do it I won't do the inventory I'll come to work the next day and be like yeah well I didn't do it because such and so told me not to do it. Knowing that I should have did it anyway, but it's just you. like I got it was a way to kind of ease my way, right. <laughs> ease my way out of the work. Um, 
I got you. That you makes know. sense. I feel like I've probably done that too a couple times. I'll be like, they told me not to do it, so, <laughs> so I yeah, got they told you me not that. to. So I just and nobody was here. I'm paying. I, 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 nobody was here. I didn't know what to do. I got you. That makes perfect sense. I definitely, probably, I, like I said, I'm pretty sure I've probably done that in my damn self. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Um, right. Especially in kitchens. Even the chef, the the big, depending on your position in the kitchen, people, people like each other. <laughs> like, That's what I was just... figuring. I was like, I think people would do that a lot in the kitchen area. Oh, God, girl. It's, not, it's like all day. It's oh. all day. It's the pettiest place in the world. No, 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 no. Next to teaching, it's the pettiest place in the world. Oh, teaching's petty? Oh, child, that's a whole, you, that's a different episode. That's going to be a different it's episode, okay. The ghetto, <laughs> do you hear me? The ghetto. The, never, never, well, I'll never work for a district again. I'll say that much. Okay. The ghetto. Wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We're definitely going to have to have a teacher bay episode then. Oh. She's like, oh. <laughs> Ah, oh, imagine trying to teach during the pandemic too. Oh no! Baby. Listen, one of Virtual my clients, baby. yeah, one of my clients, my photography clients, I um, I do consultations with my clients now to prepare for their sessions, and she, me, and her were talking, and she was telling me everything that's going on with that virtual learning, and I feel so bad. Like I feel bad for the parents because I understand, but I really do feel bad for these teachers too. Like this is just all rough. So yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Oh yeah, I feel bad for the teachers for sure. Cause the cause it's not a lot of parents think it's the t- the teachers who aren't really like like giving them good information or direction and, and things like that. And everything is with these districts, even though it seems like they had so much time to plan, it's really like day by day, maybe week to week by now with the decision making and things like that. Okay. And the, they're always trying to like adjust this whole virtual learning thing. So literally you get new directives every day that are rolling out from the district, rolling out from your admin, you know, and if you're someone who teaches in like a technical field within the school district, I'm just speaking on the school district for Philadelphia, then you're also dealing with two other kind of entities, one within the school district and one outside of the school district. So, child, is. That just exhausted me right there. I was like, oh, what? I'm, I'm tired now. I'm listen. I'm tired now. Like, I was just texting one of my former students earlier, actually. But I'm tired now. Listen, t- I'm tired talking about it. I'm tired thinking about how I was even doing it because it was just those people exhaust me. Like non non industry people, like <laughs> they're different to us because we're just hands on people. We're movers. We just we just don't have time. And they just had time for all the petty shenanigans in there, like uh, the secretary beefing with the with the counselor. You know, they slamming doors, talking trash to each other in the main office. The kids want to fight and be Yo, this sounds. This is a whole TV show. What the hell? <laughs> that shit is like high school high. I was thinking that Oh man. Okay, mm. so we're gonna wrap that segment up. You did good, Joy. I really enjoyed it. So, oh, yeah, let's, let's chat with you. Is, <laughs> is that Bay in the background? No, he's upstairs. But we're. I hope you don't think we're done. We got a couple more segments. I'm about to say because you said he's about to go. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just. I just had my head down. That's all. Oh. <laughs> no, he's he's actually not recording with us today. I think he's upstairs. I don't know what he's doing upstairs, but he was cooking like five minutes ago. So. It's just me and you. So, all right, we're going to move on to the next segment, which is called What's Trending or Whatever. 
So I don't really have much for this segment. Honestly, I have the biggest thing that's going on at the moment, which is election. It's <laughs> really um, for the most part that I have. So uh, the elections on Tuesday, November 3rd, people who did not vote early or who casted their votes using a mail-in ballot went to the polls to do so. Uh, due to the number of mail-in ballots that needed to be counted, a projected winner was not announced until Saturday, November 7th. During these five days, a number of protests occurred between those demanding that every vote be counted and those claiming that there was voter fraud happening. So I kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit. Um, my first, The first thing I want to discuss in relation to the election is the anxiety that I feel like a lot of people had around it. I was one of those people. I was anxious as hell last week. Like, my anxiety was through the roof. And it, like, came and hit me out of nowhere. Like, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I could not shake it. Um, I've gotten a lot better, thank God, this week went a lot better. But I just didn't understand why I had so much anxiety and where it was coming from. But I think a lot of it had to do with the election and the fact that we didn't get the results for five freaking days. Yeah, well, yeah, and I guess I'm not. I guess if you're someone who really follows politics, that would cause like a lot of anxiety. Just just not knowing those results. Yeah. Well, with me is I'm not even into politics like that. Like I I know some stuff that's going on because I like read certain articles, but I'm not really into it. But I think what was giving me anxiety was the stuff that everyone was saying around it. Like people were just saying, like you know, if Biden wins, it's gonna or whoever won, whoever ended up winning, it was gonna be like, I guess like we were gonna be in danger. Like people were gonna be in danger that they were gonna be people out here acting nuts. So I think it was giving me like, cause a, a lot of times anxiety comes from like fear based thoughts. So I feel like I was just having fear behind like whichever way it was gonna go. And not on top of that, usually I'm really good with I've been I've been being very mindful of staying off of my phone, like not being on social media too much. But I was like glued to it last week. And, you know, it's nothing but people on there spewing either their conspiracy theories or if they got negativity, whatever. And I was like it was like really adding to my anxiety, like because I just kept thinking, like, what's going to happen? Like, like, what do we need to prepare ourselves for? So. I don't know. My anxiety was just running rampant. I felt like I was anxious. I always get a little well. Ever since <laughs> were you at were you at IUP when Obama got um elected the first time? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I don't know if you felt a sense of anxiety around that time, but I did. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't because I, I felt like he was going to win. Okay. And so it wasn't behind who was going to win or anything like that. To be honest, I didn't even really care who was going to win. I know I voted for him. That was that's what's going to happen, um, because I don't really dig too much into presidential politics. I'm a local level kind of person. I I really see the value in that, because um, I I know the things you can get done on the community scale, educational scale, everything like that. But so the anxiety I felt around that time with Obama was based around like the climate of the people in the area. Mm-hmm. And it was like deja vu for me because it was it's so much racial tension right now. Everything is going on. We have an antagonist president. <clears throat> well, former. Well, he's still president. So yeah. the, the bull Trump. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> hold me in the um, White House at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that that guy. Um, you know, and like the climate. I was just really concerned about the climate. Like, are, are people going to pop off? Start rioting, busting out windows because they're upset. Like, it was 
that's the same anxiety I felt when Obama was going into office because people were, it was a lot of people who just weren't happy. And with this election, it was just a lot of people who aren't happy. Um, and I, I couldn't even tell who was people who just weren't happy behind um, the the VP elect or just the fact that Trump wouldn't be there anymore in general. And I think that was where the anxiety was really tied into because if they were feeling like they just wanted him there and that was the biggest issue that he wasn't going to be there in, in general, yes. Then I was really concerned about, okay, how many guns do I need to get? Like, right, where do right. I, Where do I order the grenades? Like, how many nunchucks do I got to get on Amazon? Like, what I got to prepare myself just for? Just need some machetes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is the purge coming? Like, that's just kind of where I was at. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I think that anxiety has kind of subsided a little bit. Um, and I guess it's, I, just, I don't know. It's just so much going on. When I think about what's just going on in general, it that gives me anxiety. So I couldn't even focus on like Trump right. and, and Biden and them. I just knew that I, Trump didn't need to be there anymore. Um, if I had to vote, I knew which direction I needed to swing my vote in. And, and that was that. Right. Um, yeah. But, it was a little too much for me. I actually worked on election day, though. Um, I was working at the polls. I was giving out food. Oh, you were working at the polls. Wow. Yes, I'm around. I just don't take pictures. Terrible. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> but you've met my son, so you understand. Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. No, I'm, I'm cracking up, y'all, because uh, I'm taking pictures of Noah. <laughs> and... Yo, I feel like you gotta at least I don't know, he might have grown out of that, but you gotta do some stuff to get him to smile. Like he's just like, No, you ain't funny and I ain't fooling with it. <laughs> but he's the he's cutest really, thing. He just won't really smile like that for you. But he's so cute. He's like, not with here the smile, without the smile, he's good. He oh smiles, so he does a he does it a lot. He'll take he's a little bit more eager to take a picture with Nia, but we haven't put a professional camera in front of him. So I think I think it's when he has to sit there and like be staged or posed. Okay. I don't think he really likes that. Like that that would make sense. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I just let him be great. If he doesn't want to take pictures, that's fine. If I don't have to pay the uh, um whoever these people are to do the daycare center pictures, that's fine. Right. He, I haven't ordered one to date. Okay. To, like, that's how the picture come back. Real. <laughs> Stone face. Get Stone me out face. of here. He's not with the games. He's like, I'm here. And that's it. What else you want from me? <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. I did want to discuss the protests, like, especially the ones that were happening in Philly, because people were out there protesting those whole five days, making sure that every count, I mean, every vote was counted. Um, I saw on Twitter so many different videos of when people were down there and honestly it looked lit. Like I don't know if it was lit because, you know, there were Trump supporters on one side and Biden supporters on the other. But for the most part, I seen people out there doing a cha cha slide. They had a DJ out there. There was people who had USPS like the where you drop off your mail. What is that thing called? Uh, yeah. the, post- the, the mailbox. Um, yeah. <laughs> They had the mailboxes, like, as costumes and stuff. Like, I was cracking up. So, I just wanted to talk about those protests. Did you see anything in relation to them? Not, well, so I wasn't able to. So, okay, so, <clears throat> it's kind of like a two-point. I didn't, the only protest I actually saw 
what um, wasn't politically, well, it was politically charged, I guess you would say, but it was behind, you know, the death. <clears throat> the, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I don't know why my folks just got so dry. That's okay. The recent police shooting. But um, so when I was over on, I, I was right over by the district on 56 and Pine, I believe. So I actually like went bumped right into a protest. But um, that was the only one I had seen all year. I just, they said stay away from people. So I stay away from people. I've been pretty good at that. But the one downtown, so those pe- a lot of those people that were down there, I don't know if you know the service. Um, a chef down there giving up food, maybe two. One of them, her name is um Stephanie. And the other one, her name is... Aziza, they were down there serving up food. Um, they're Z is a pretty good friend of mine. Uh, Stephanie, she started an org up this summer. Everybody eats, so they just been like hitting up every kind of part of the city, giving out necessities bags, food, whatever you need hot meals, food like hot meals, a cold lunch, and like produce and everything else just to go. Like, they've really been working hard at that. So, they were down there actually serving up, um, serving dishes to the people and partying and dancing with the little white house heads and stuff and i was just kind of low-key lurking on instagram watching everybody but i loved it like i really loved the energy like it, it was yes like i really lo- i love to see people celebrate I like yeah so it just it was really nice to just see people unified right because it's just so much going on it's just so much tension but i always get leery about stuff like that because <clears throat> You know, it's just always such a big push for people to vote and people to get out in the streets and make noise and celebrate. And then it just fizzles out so fast. Mm-hmm. And then you turn around and nothing has really happened. Um, and it's time to listen to someone else's campaign speech. Again. So, yeah, it's I, weird. Yeah, Poli- it Poli- yeah, politics are interesting to me. I think they have a way of bringing people together. I think if people know, I think I wish people understood them more. I wish politics were explained better to people so they, they really understood what they were investing their energy into, why some people are so invested in, why some people go so hard for different laws and things like that. But some people just don't know. They just don't know. The resources and the education isn't there. So really quick, Nigel had a question. He said, did you see any voter fraud while you were doing the polls? No, I didn't. I didn't work like inside the polls. Um, we were we were at the location, but we were just distributing stuff. But oh, I'm, well, I guess this is voter fraud. I don't know. But sis came out the out the building and she was tight and she was like, she's trying to tell me that's not my ward. I've been living here for forty one years. And I said, okay, man. I, I I just I ain't even with them. Like I don't even have that kind of bad job because she was really going off. So I said, well, go back on in there and you vote. You know, and she was like, I'm going back in. I'm a vote today. I said, you can get your little provisional vote or whatever. And she went back in and she came out. And <laughs> she just stood in the middle of the, the little lot area and was like, I voted. I don't I don't care what she told me. She's trying to make sure I could vote. She got me messed up. I voted. Y'all go in there and y'all make sure y'all vote. Make sure y'all vote. Make sure y'all vote. I mean, she was just going off the whole way across the street. I'm like, oh, yes, it's vote. Right. Okay, she was not having it. Not but at I all. was like, oh, okay. Because we kind of got, um, we kind of had like a briefing about, you know, like hospital situations and things like that that could possibly arise while working at the polls on election day. So when she popped off, I didn't know what was going to go on. I didn't know, like, Susan at the door was going to be like, hey, call the cops real quick. Right, you know, right, and right. Not really... <laughs> Yeah, so, like, I just didn't really want to be involved. <laughs> okay. Well, give these people breakfast real quick. 
Okay, so I'm about to play something because Nigel said, I don't know, Nigel has a video here that he wants me to play, so I'm going to play it real quick. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, you saw something suspicious. We're going to get right into it tonight. Happening on the side of a Biden-Harris van in the parking lot of the polling station. Now, walk the audience through what happened. I'm not going to say which party does it, but thousands of votes are gathered and they come in and they're dumped in a this location. This is Trump. And then all <laughs> exactly. you think you're going to win. And I'm not going to stand for it. Our voting system... First of all, we should have voter ID. When you vote, you should have voter ID. And if you send something in, you should be sure, as, as a state and as a country, you should be sure that that vote is meaningful and it's not just made fraudulently because there's a lot of fraudulent voting going on in this country. This country should have... Nah, no way this is real. And you know what's funny? That's what I was going to say. That's what I'm like, real? no way this is real. It's funny, Joy, because I wish you could see the video because it's like, he they got him like anonymous. Like, they got like a cap or something on him and it's just a shadow. Yeah, it's just a shadow. But you can clearly tell it's him. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if this is a real clip or not or whatever that's going on, but I'll tell you one thing. Whoever wrote this is definitely the same person that writes for Trump. Yeah. This is a terrible, it's a terrible speech. Terrible. Oh, my God. That video is too freaking funny. I, I can't. I'm just over it. Over Trump, but whatever. My last thing I wanted to say about the election is I wanted to shout out, um, just there was a lot of women who played big parts in making sure that all the counts were voted. Um, one of the big names, her name is, is Stacey Abrams. So... I'm, I know she's from Georgia. Is she like, what is she on there? What is she What is she in Georgia exactly? Okay, she, she is the governor? So I guess mm-hmm. she's the governor of Georgia. So this lady and her team made sure that they got at least 800,000 new voter registrations in Georgia. So a state that's been predominantly red for like three decades turned blue. And um, she had a big part in that because... She apparently let a lot of people know that they could vote. Like, I guess a lot of people were misinformed on, like, if they could vote, you know, if they were able to or whatever. And she was able to let them know, yeah, you can, and these are your rights. And she got them registered, and she got over 800,000 new voter registrations, her her and her team. So I just want to give her a shout-out for that because that is amazing. She did that or whatever, and then um, I think whatever she did, it really helped out Chris Coons or something like that, I believe. I can't remember. Like, the believe it or not, the news is the only thing we watch over here, but I don't remember how everything played out, but I just know everybody is giving her props, so I'm going to give her her roses, Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Shout out to her. That's a lot of freaking people, so... That's yeah. a lot of work. That's yeah. a lot of work. And yeah. even if you look, even if you break it down, even if you break it down over a four-year span, even if you say during a four-year period, she took this time. That's still two hundred thousand people she reached per year. Yes. That's a lot of people. That's, like, a, that's lot a lot of people. Even the fact, my thing is, even the fact that there were at least eight hundred thousand people who thought they weren't eligible to vote. You know what I'm saying? Who thought that they right. couldn't do this? So there's so many people out there who just you know, I guess, don't know what their rights are or just are misinformed. If there's 800,000 in Georgia, I can only imagine how many there are, like, all over the world. It's crazy. So I think she definitely... Yeah, I think she definitely opened, like, the eyes for that. 
I'm now sorry. I'm ready to Google what's the population of Georgia. See, now, now, mm-hmm. see now, now I got you thinking over there. <laughs> so, I'm going to be at this all night. <laughs> listen, but that was basically everything I wanted to say in reference to the elections. Of course, things are still occurring now, especially as we saw when people are saying voter fraud and they, they want to get ballots recounted and they're doing um, lawsuits and stuff like that. But this isn't nothing new. Apparently, every time that these elections happen, there's always election um, lawsuits that are thrown out or, you know, always the speculation of voter fraud. So it is what it is. We'll see how it continues to play out. Um, real quick, I did want to announce before we move on to the next segment, I wanted to give a shout out to Megan Thee Stallion because I feel like we've talked about her so much on my podcast because she's had one hell of a year. But I wanted to shout her out because she announced that she's dropping her debut album next Friday. So... It's called Good News, and the visuals she put out for it were lovely. Like, she looks amazing. <laughs> and the she overall pictures, good. yeah, the overall pictures, I was just like, yes. Like, I was loving everything about it. So I'm super excited for her because, um, yeah, like I said, she's had a rough year oh, like a lot of other people, but she's still pushing. She's still getting what she needs to get done. So Listen, she's here. She's claiming everything that's hers. I'm here yep. for it. I love it. Like, women have really been winning this year. I was thinking about that earlier. Women, have, it's it's a billboard on Grace Ferry's, um, yeah, Grace Ferry ads. Um, and I think that might be Front Street. I'm not sure, but since we got a billboard for scented cannabis and stuff, I'm just like, women are really out here winning. She I'm got order a, a billboard for the scented cannabis. I need to find out who this girl is. No, <laughs> like, candle, a candle. Oh, no, candle. Oh, but candle for her scented candle. Okay. I was like, why did I think scented cannabis? I don't know. I'm tripping over here. I mean, that will be a nice scent for a candle, though. You know, <laughs> hibiscus cannabis kind of candle. Very, like, earthy. Oh, man. But yeah, it's just like women are really winning right now. And even like um, when I, ride, I was just well, um, online looking the other day. Thank you so much. My mouth is so dry. Ooh, sorry, girl. I got to take a sip. It's okay. No, it's all right. Yeah, but I was looking for a bit like just trying to price storefronts and everything is snatched up. And I'm like, okay, I see y'all, y'all out here with your P- PUA money. Mm-hmm. Y'all done snatched up these storefronts. Y'all investing in yourselves. I love it. Because for so long, a lot of people have had access to some kind of financial resource to really just win, to attempt to win. And, you know, between us, us mere cousins out here in the world and our, our rich celebrity cousins out there, like everybody's really winning, you know, Cardi B's sneaker drops tomorrow, I believe, is it? Or Beyonce's yeah, I, I, I think it is tomorrow. some one of those. I know they're both I think her I think it's Cardi B's sneaker comes out tomorrow, but I know Beyonce's coming out with the the second round of her clothing too. That's soon. So. Yes. The black the black Ivy Park one. I think they yeah. brought like a, a day apart from each other. So I'm just like women are really winning. Winning when I I'm here for it. I love it. I love it. Even um the designer from Philly, um her name is Malika, but her brand is called I don't know if you say Diafora. I believe that's how you say it. Oh, Diafora. I've seen it. Yeah. I, she's, I did a little event for her years ago, but she's really sweet. Like, the energy she gives in her timeline is like, that was her live in person when I worked for her that day. And I was looking at her line, and she's dropping this, like, Calvin Kleinish kind of line that Evob is giving. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for it because I ordered all these Calvin. I'm a big-breasted girl, you know, and I couldn't do the Calvins because it's not holding me up. But I realized the way hers are cut, it has a wider shoulder and all of that so I can like really support her so I'm excited and she's a Philly girl so I'm just like girl you're winning because 
I know if it works for me, it's going to work for a lot of other big city girls yeah. out there. So it's just like those simple things. Like you're winning. Like you finally hit it. Like the woman I mentioned earlier with the spice, my bestest, you know, mm-hmm. Bane, she's out here. She's doing her thing on TV. Um, and she's doing it well, too, because she don't even look like tired. Like I right. always look tired when I was on TV. I always look tired. So give it, I got to give these women their praises. They're, everybody's dope. You're dope. You're dope. I see y'all here. You give a body in these pictures, you know. Everybody's dope. No, you're a, you're completely correct about that. You need to give yourself flowers too, Joy, because you're doing it too. Because I remember, um, I seen you put the post up because you had the recent. It was like the recent residency, right? Where you yeah. and you had that, and then I had read your caption where you were just like, "Yo, we have babysitters now. I don't know where we didn't have babysitters." And you were saying like, you and your husband was really working this residency with your like kids being there. So you got to give yourself some flowers too, because that's not easy. Like doing orders, making sure everybody's getting their stuff on time and then making sure your kids are cool. Like that's a lot of freaking work. So I definitely feel like you need to also give yourself praise and also include yourself as part of those part, as part of those women who are doing big things because yeah, you're definitely doing it. So I try. I just, I don't know how, I don't know. I don't even look at the things that go on with the kids. It's just, it's a part of the day by day with them. Like every, once you have kids, you just do whatever. So I guess you're not really phased. And I think that's why a lot of moms are like, don't really take their roses and, you know, take their flowers and their praises because they don't know how to, because we're programmed and just like, well, it had to be done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it is what it is, but I hear you girl. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. But so Nia has kind of, always been in the mix because of the way corona hit so she's been that's why i said she hasn't missed a zoom call yet she i'm surprised she's asleep i think because she knows that i'm not on facetime like the actual facetime right now or you can see me i don't know um she doesn't want to be here because normally she's in the mix like she is there she hasn't missed a call um she actually hasn't missed a meeting an in-person meeting today either because nobody she just had to be there because of COVID. I had to keep her home. So things were just, she's kind of like a quarantine baby, I guess you would say, but had to keep her home. So she hasn't missed anything. And Noah, um, he actually would come. So he's always been in the kitchen too. So I would have to sneak him into work when I worked in the district. Uh, so I would have to sneak him into the kitchen to do work at like in the evenings and stuff like that. So he's pretty accustomed to a kitchen, but it's, um, it's actually pretty fun when they're there, you know, okay. and it's nice to have a partner who you can feel comfortable enough to do that with. Right. Cause if it was just me, I, w- I would have had to cancel everything. Right. So, right. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have went down. Like I probably could have called some people up for XYZ, but I couldn't have trusted those people with my children. Cause I don't let anybody, I don't leave my babies Listen, with anybody. I, I don't understand even that completely. I don't get next to me. My kids are with me. Yeah. So, I understand that completely. I do. Yeah. So, you know, it just has to be done. Just yeah. It's just life, girl. But they be in the mix, honey. In the mix. <laughs> like, in the mix. No, be like, we working today? Like, on Saturday. Like, bro, <laughs> you don't have to work. It's <laughs> funny. Uh, so I do want to move on to our free talk, but I just wanted to mention this because I'm like, no fucking way. Now I just going to whisper to me that Saeed from Country Cooking got COVID. Oh, she got it? No, That's she what he just said. He said that she got COVID. You found out on Instagram? I've never eaten there. I raised in it. Oh, he said the lady she work, he works with is her cousin. Maybe I should be putting this on here. Maybe it's fucking, that'll fuck up with her business or something. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is he my doing? bad. I'm sorry. Excuse my language. No, you're fine. <laughs> Why would you 
like, why would you go? You hear that? Do you hear that? What is that? that? This is the male species. This is how they work. <laughs> why but, would you go right above my head and start tapping the floor? Oh my yeah. god. He's, I don't know what he's doing in the attic. He's in the attic. Like, what are you doing in the attic? But if she does have COVID, I hope that she, you know, speedy recovery. I hope that everything's okay. I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to mess up her business or mess anything up for her if she hasn't even announced that. I thought she had put it on Instagram or something. No, that's yeah. terrible. Well, that's yeah, scary. that is terrible. You know, that's I'm like, I hope she's like she's okay and she recovers quickly because that COVID shit is no joke. Um, it really isn't. I didn't take it as serious. I didn't, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't taking it that serious. Like, I was, but I wasn't. And, um, well, one person I would assume that's how that would that is how she passed earlier this year. It was just right before COVID really had a name, I guess you would say. Okay. Um, and then most recently, my friend, her mom passed away from it, and it was like super sudden. And when she told me how her mom passed from it, it, it was like hearing the same story about, um, my girlfriend who had passed earlier in the year. And I think at that moment, I I kind of started taking COVID just a little bit more seriously. I, mm-hmm. I was a little careful about it. Like, I'm not going to get sick. If I ain't get sick yet, I'm not going to sit. But, you know, just to hear how fast it's, like, hitting people and to see, I guess, people you care about, right, my friend, <clears throat> be so hurt right now because she lost her mom. I'm like, okay, I got to, I don't know, sanitize more or something? Like, get a hazmat. I don't know. But yeah. I can't get sick. Um, and, you know, we just got to be safe out here and then, I guess really take COVID seriously. I mean, I guess I'm not gonna say I guess like really take it seriously. It's a real thing. Um, yeah. You know, I guess you just don't believe it until you're directly affected. But it yep. is a real thing. That's what it is. Cause I was the same way. I was very casual about it myself, and then I started knowing. Like, I think my sister-in-law recently had it. Um, I started knowing other people. Now I just started knowing people that had it, and I was like, mm, yeah, I'm good. And then I've been watching these numbers just get larger and larger and larger every day, and I'm like, no, I'm 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 okay now. <laughs> like, whatever I gotta do to keep myself, you know, healthy. And then it's like, I not only think about me, I think about like Nigel. Like we live together. I think about my mom. I live next door to her, and I do. I run a lot of her errands, and she's older. She's like seventy three, seventy four. So you also start thinking of like other people too. Like, mm-hmm. nah, I can't afford to get that. I'm cool. So you yeah. know, yeah, I definitely think everyone should take it seriously. It isn't a joke. So all right, so we're going to finally move into our free talk segment, and this is what um, we had agreed that you we were going to talk about which was experience with postpartum and also um, forgiving your mother so that you can be a better mother. So um, as, as we've already discussed in the episode, Joy has two children. She has a daughter, Nia, and she has a son, Noah. So I wanted to ask you, what were their ages? I know I asked you before this, but I'm asking you on the actual recording. True story. I still like don't believe that I have kids. So when people say that, they're like you have two children, Noah and me, I'm like, ha, who me? But uh, <laughs> Noah is three, and he'll be four in February. And Nia is, we'll just we'll round up. We'll say she's eleven months old. Okay, today. that's my birthday break, baby. Actually, we'll, her birthday is the same day as mine. Oh wow! Hey, oh yeah, cool. sis, sis came through. She's very much. God, the way she came was very much the way she is. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I wanted to ask you before we got into the postpartum stuff, has it been like a huge adjustment going from one child to two? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Girl, I'm out of my mind. I start stuff around the house all the time and, and don't finish. Like, I'm always... I'm, it's right now, I know. So when Noah, the first year with Noah, it was kind of like this stuff. But it's just times too right now. You just, it's like being in the twilight zone, honestly. And <laughs> right now with two and the way it was, because keeping in mind when she came home and I'm teaching and I'm homeschooling and I'm nursing a newborn and all of these different things at the same time. Child is a hot ass mess. So one to two for me, just, it was not like a sexy transition. It wasn't cute. You can't really like come home and cuddle and coddle the baby because right after she came home, Noah came home too because they shut it on those daycares. And it's so, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, child. It's been a transition. Um, And also let us know that we can actually postpone moving like we wanted to and we're going to wait a little bit and we need like we need a, a, a house like we need space at this point we need space for everybody in the house to have their own space okay because okay. that's that's how much of a transition it's been like everybody needs a space you get a room you get a room you get a room <laughs> and it's cool though it's busy they're funny I like it. It's just, it's different for me. It's real different for me. I'm an only child. So a transition to one was plenty for me. Gotcha. When you, yeah, when you threw in another one, it just was like, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Okay. So I looked up postpartum. Like, I, I want to know more information on it because I only know, like, little stuff about it. So when I looked it up, um, it was saying it's a very common thing. Um, Google stated that there are more than 3 million cases per year. Um, it also stated that many new moms will experience something called the baby blues first. They'll um, experience that within like the first few weeks just due to all of the adjustments and lack of sleep. Um, and that usually, like they said, will only last a few weeks. But they said it can, you know, go further and become depression. And that could be a little bit more severe and really interfere with a mom's daily life. So I wanted to ask you, did you experience any level of this after giving birth? oh god I was so emotional it was just too much going on so it was so yeah so I think with Noah it was the baby blues um but it was real quick I mean it was it maybe lasted for like it was probably the first time I was talking with him alone during the day where I just hit the baby blues real bad like oh my god like what am I gonna do and then I got over it it took about three days to be honest I was chilling but when uh Miss Thing hit the scene she is truly like a ball of fire, but she's the sweetest thing. She's my little sour patch. And honey, when I tell you she screams, she can scream. So when she came home, um, I didn't have a chance to ever really process anything because she was screaming all the time. So, and we were in the house all the time. So I literally got to a point where the sound of her crying and like screaming and whining was too much for me. Like I, I needed to just get out the house. Yeah. And it was this one incident where... She she never took me to a place where I felt like I was... De- See, some people handle depression differently. And I, I wasn't in a place where I didn't feel like I couldn't get up and wash my hands every day and things like that. I was okay. Like, I was doing those things. But I literally knew I was fragile, and I was going to pop off at any moment. And it was this one time we were in the car, and she, oh, my God, she was just screaming. She was going in. Like, Noah was like, Mommy, please make her <laughs> stop. Like, Stop. He was like, she needs you. <laughs> and I just didn't know what to do because 
I was trying to give Gary a break because he had been trying to give me a break so much in the house. I had been try- I wanted to get the kids out the house and give him some time to himself, and I didn't really want to turn around. But inside, it was crazy because I didn't feel like I could actually handle being out with him alone. And they- they're my children. Mm-hmm. And she was cutting up. And I think we made it. We didn't even make it halfway to our destination. No I tackled Gary and I said, um, come outside and get this baby. I'm on my way. Like, not my baby, not our baby. Like, come get this damn baby. It was like this <laughs> damn baby. Like, that's exactly how I feel. When I tell you, I pulled up to the house. I don't even know if the car was, it had stopped moving by the time I really drew it in park. Okay. Noah probably did a little like whiplash kind of thing. Cause, and I got right out. I got to get this baby. I had that car seat in my, that bag in my hand. Got to go get this baby. Like, I just couldn't take it. Because I was burnt out. I was overwhelmed. And I had tried to say before I was overwhelmed. And when I said it, it was kind of like, it was taken as, well, I said it to my mother, actually. So when I said it to her, it was kind of taken as like, well, she made me feel like I wasn't strong enough. Like I wasn't handling it enough. So when I started getting responses like that, you start bottling up those emotions that are associated with like, the hormonal imbalance that comes with just childbirth anyway, and then throw in the depression, boom, a pandemic, boom. It just, I was always on edge. Like, I was always on edge. I I can't deny. I, I think it even got to a point where I was, they they considered prescribing me then, and I'm just not going to take anything like that. So that's right. how, like, bad my nerves had got. Um, so yeah, I never, I was never down enough where I felt like I wanted to like harm myself or anything, but a girl, I couldn't get it together. Like yeah. I just could not get it together. And that was one of my questions. One of my questions to you was, do you think there are more women out there suffering from postpartum than they let on in fear of feeling like they're a bad mom? Or do you think is they're just having like, I guess, or that just, they just overall don't know that they have it. Like they feel like this is what it's supposed to be happening. Like this is normal. Because like you said, you'll have people like you'll tell them about it and they'll just be like, uh, get it together. So I just wonder like if it's a mix of both or, or what it could be sometimes that people might suppress those feelings or not even, you know, know what's going on with them or want to admit it. I th- See, I was about to say that. So I think like it really comes down to if you're so if you're someone that's pretty like self-aware, then you just have to be able to accept that this is postpartum. Postpartum depression, it really kind of, I think for me personally, it reveals itself pretty clearly. Okay. And, you know, everybody's symptoms are different, but it, it reveals itself pretty pretty clearly. So if you have it, you need to first be able to accept the fact that you have it, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have to be able to, like, acknowledge that you can overcome it. And, like, this this is really some normal shit because everybody's kids is out there driving them crazy. Yes. Everybody's <laughs> body is going through something different. And just it's just a lot going on. And we're st- Because it's how could you not get depressed? And I think a lot of women need to accept that, too. How could you not? Think about what we do on the regular, especially because I think a lot of times people give you know, not to take away from the single mom, but they give those single moms a lot of shine. And they forget about those moms. Like, even if you still got a partner at home, it's still hard work because you're still managing another person in the damn way. But beyond all that, um, it's still hard work and it's still stressful and it's still a lot going on. So you're just managing so much as a woman, your household, your children, maybe your finances, if you're like the bookkeeper of the family. You know, if you're... 
if you play the role that I do in my family, you're the or- you're the organizer. So you planning all the trips, all the out. You just doing all of that. Okay, you make sure the outfits match, etc. Mm-hmm, right, but mm-hmm. you know you you're dealing with things like that. Like I'm the one who does the the kids' appointments. He may take them there, but you know I'm the one who makes the appointments and things like that. So it's like we're constantly doing stuff, and that's just in our home. That's just us as partners. I didn't even talk about being a mom yet. You know, I didn't even talk about being an employee yet. We got the right to be stressed out and depressed. And I think like when you accept that, you can make a lot of progress. Because I knew, I knew I was depressed, but I knew I didn't have time to stay like this. So I'm going to take it kind of like an addict. I had kind of had to look at it like an addict. Okay, first I'm going to accept what this is, girl. You're depressed. This is not the baby blues. Like you're really in the slump right now. We're mm-hmm. gonna start taking these supplements. Okay, start doing your little turmeric and ginseng. Get back in it. Start going outside every day. You know, and the healing process is different for everybody too. But I just didn't want to be depressed, so I actively worked at just. It's an ongoing thing, though. You just don't wake up and you're not depressed. And that was my other question. You're answering all my questions. I love it because my other question was: <laughs> Does postpartum just go away, or like how you know, like how do you deal with that? Well, from my experience, because I can't speak for anybody else, but if it did just go away, kudos to you. Um, no, it's still here, and I feel like it's probably going to be here for a long time, but not. it may not show itself as depression, per se. It may show its itself more in just like anxiousness for me, mm-hmm. um, because I also don't sleep a lot. So I'm normally just on edge because I don't sleep a lot. Like both of the kids wake up at the same time. They both wake up at 5.45 a.m. every day. And when they up, they're up. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's the whole day. Um, so, you know, after the kids go to sleep, you got to still stay up an adult and do things. And my nerves are just always kind of on edge now with the two kids. It's constantly always like movement. Like I don't feel like. I'm one of those people that could just stand there and, and drop something, a plate out of my hand or anything like that. But I'm constantly just like, what needs to be done? Do I need to be done? It, it, you just want to go, go, go. Mm-hmm. So, so I just have to, for me, I don't think it, when, that it's my, now it's anxiety. It's not, I'm not in a depressed state of this postpartum thing. I'm in a very anxious state. And I just, I, I have to learn how to manage that. But it ain't, I don't think it's going to go anywhere because like these kids are going to continuously have you on edge. Like, right. especially if you have daredevil children. So it does doesn't matter. It doesn't even. It just you can. All you. The only thing you can really do is work with it. You have to right. work with it. And that makes that makes sense. And I think that's one of the things like I'm not a mom, but one of the things that scares me about being a mom is the fact that I already deal with that kind of anxiety with no children. Like I'm like you like I last week I had like a couple things due. I got them all done. And so this week, I really haven't had much on my plate. And I feel like something's wrong. Like, I'm like, hold on. Am I just forgetting to do something? Like, why do I have time to do this or just to chill? Like, hold on, something's off. Like, I'm constantly thinking of like, what am I forgetting? What is I got to do next? Like you said, I'm always on go. So it's like, sometimes I worry, like if I add a child to the mix, am I just going to go full blown funny farm? Like, it's just going to go downhill because it's just like, you know, it's like you said, it just seems like there is more to be anxious about when you have children. So I think with me, I know it sounds a little Debbie Downer ish, but I feel like I would have some sort of postpartum. I'm not going to I don't want to wish that on myself because I don't know. But, you know, I feel like I would be dealing with some type of stress for sure. And it scares me. It's like I don't I don't want to put that on Nigel and I don't want to put that on my kid either, you know, because. From what I was reading, a lot of times, um, depending, like you said, on your level of depression, 
um, it can affect the relationship with your child where you can either be like too overly like worried about them or you're just like, don't even want to be around them at all. So it's just like, you know, stuff like that that goes through my head, which is part of my anxiety. <laughs> you know what, but so it's actually not, I, I guess it's not a taboo feeling because when I found out that I was so far, I knew this, I knew this child was a girl the, the entire because my pregnancy was totally different from literally from the day the moment I conceived I was sick I knew it was a girl but I just kept saying no way your brother's in here we found out Mia was a dude <laughs> and <laughs> when I found out you know she was on her way I instantly got depressed but I needed I knew I needed to still be a mom right. so I was just still trying to keep it together I knew I still needed to be a partner. So, but inside, I was really struggling because when I found out I was having a girl, it made me have to start addressing the issues with my mother. And I got so scared because I don't really have a relationship with my mother. Like, I know sis, but, you know, I was just thinking the other day um, after the passing of my friend's mom, like, what would I say at my mom's funeral? And I don't know her favorite color. So, you know, and I'm not laughing because it's funny, but it's just, it's odd to me because I know her. Like, I I know you, but Mm -hmm. I really don't know you. No, it's um, not. It's not odd at all. Because let me tell you something. That's how me and my family are. Like, I call us familiar strangers. I don't know these people. Like, I know y'all, but I don't know y'all. Like, right. I see you at Thanksgiving, but, you know, that's about it. Yeah, we, we see you around. I know we look alike. We all got the same eyebrows. But, you know, other than that, I just don't know. But, listen, when I found out I was expecting a girl, I just instantly got depressed. It made me sad. Because I was, um, that's when I felt like when I knew I was having no, I could do it. Like my my boy, like we can we can get this done. Like I was so excited, and I, when I just knew she was coming, I just was like, oh god, like this little girl isn't gonna like me. I'm not gonna connect with my daughter. Am I gonna be able to make her smile? Like I was really just scared. To, it was like being pregnant for the first time with her. I was so scared. I was terrified with her, and I think because that ain't that anxiousness from that trauma from the the trauma from the past um had me on edge or whatever before she was born and when she was born that postpartum depression that I knew I knew I was going to have it like you said I just knew it was going to come because I was already sad because I was revisiting old things right right so I knew it was going yeah I knew it was going to come so I kind of early on I kind of was telling myself that you can't let yourself fall too far I knew I was going to fall I just I was I was expecting that I was leaving that space for myself but I think that's grace I wouldn't have had for myself with my first child. Okay. So, because after you have a child, you just know nothing is perfect. Like, you're not going anywhere on time. Everything is a mess. Um, it just, it is what it is. But, yeah, with her, I, I knew I was going to be, I knew I was going to be depressed. Like, I, I knew it. I felt it. And, I mean, I wasn't trying to, like, speak negativity into right. existence, but... If you know yourself, then and you, you know yourself, you know yourself. So right. you just, it's okay to know yourself. And that's that was that's my thing. Like I'm like I know it's not. I don't think it's something where I couldn't do. I don't think like I don't think it to that extent. But I just know it's gonna be a fucking ride. Like if I am ever blessed to have a child, you better buckle up because it's gonna be a ride. So yeah, it's a ride. It's a ride with or without the postpartum depression. Yeah. So buckle up, like <laughs> buckle up, all of that. Put the child safety locks on every. <laughs> I did want to ask you, because I know you mentioned, like, still having it, like, you know, being a partner. How did the postpartum, like, did it affect you and your husband at all? No, he, um, 
no, I don't think it really affected us personally. Well, <sighs> so it's kind of back to like COVID and all of that stuff. So everything kind of like shifted for us when COVID first hit. So I was already stressed out. I'm bringing a baby home. Like this is too much. So we were just, we were just kind of like in a, not a rough space. Like we didn't know if we weren't going to be together, but we were just like in a rough space. It's like, okay, how are we going to figure life out? Like, how are we going to do this? What's our pivot? Like, um, so we already had stuff going on, but it didn't really affect he and I. I don't think anything with the children really affected he and I or whatever, because she was stressing us both out, to be honest, like, because okay. he was a little on edge, too, you know, and he, he was, he, one thing I did like, though, that he was able to really express that, so he was very vocal about oh, it. Oh, like, shout out to him, because that's sometimes difficult for men, like, it's hard for them to express themselves, like, in general, so, like, even adding, like, that, that stress from a child in the mix, like, shout out to him for being being able to communicate that. Yeah, like, and he's, like, he's, like, a good dad. Like, you know, he saw where, even though it messed up my breastfeeding schedule, but, you know, he he saw where I needed rest, and he was allowing me to just sleep, and I would wake up, and, you know, he then gave her a bottle or a type of bottle on top of bottle, but the baby is fine, and I've rested, and I'm able to start the day. So, you know, mm-hmm. he's been there. I think, I think he kind of, he, he knows me. I think he's just, he's able to really, like, read me as a partner. So he kind of just knew where I needed like a little bit of extra, just a little bit of extra help. Cause I'm a pretty, I won't say too much of anything. Um, I'll just get it done. That's my motto. So, so he interjected in ways where he knew, like he didn't really have to say too much to me, but his actions were really showing like support of what I was going through, you know, really being proactive. Like I don't, honestly, I don't, and I know this started with the support, but it's rare that I even get up in the morning and get nowhere ready for school because He's so proactive with those things. Like I'm normally seeing Noah as he's leaving out the door. I'm doing, I'm twisting his hair back up or something like that, you know, because Daddy has already got it done. And that's kind of something he started when Nia came home because I just needed that because I was trying to do everything and I was breastfeeding on demand. So that and pumping too. So that takes a different level of like it. I was it was it was exhausted. So he was just really there to support me in that fatigue. And I think with him supporting that it did make the healing process a lot easier because I couldn't imagine never having a moment to rest. Even right. even though I feel like a lot of times I still need more rest, what if I never had a moment? Like, what if I never had someone there with me to be like, girl, go lay down. Right. You know, so I, I'm very grateful for him. That's good. No, but he didn't care. Time. He was, crazy <laughs> thing was, I really thought that when Nia came in, it would like change our relationship, but is it things? Is, wait till you have kids. We'll have this conversation. <laughs> wait, wait till you have a few of them things. <laughs> so on IG, I had um put up a question. I asked women to share what was the biggest adjustment for them after birth. Um, and I had an array of messages. I was really surprised how willing people were to share with me. Um, some of the common responses that I got were letting go of the person that they used to be prior to the baby. Um, they said like comparing the old them to the new them and accepting this new reality was super difficult. Um, another common one was mom guilt for taking time away from the baby or taking time for themselves. And another common one was adjusting to their new body and feeling pretty again. So I wanted to ask you, have you struggled with any of these? 
most recently, so the mom guilt part, like, I don't, I think that's going to just be an ongoing thing for me. It's not really mom guilt with me. I'm just like, I'm a doting mom. I really enjoy being around my kids. Like, even when I need them to go sit down somewhere, I still really like being around my kids. So I'm a dope. So, um, that's just me. (laughs) And I never got that as a child. So I'm pretty extra with them. But what I've been struggling with, I guess, not necessarily struggling with, like today, like I looked at myself in the mirror and said, oh girl, you look hit. But when after Nia, I was beat up. I just don't, it was just so different after her. And I just was not feeling cute, girl. Like, mm-mm. Every, just, I just couldn't. And for some reason with her, I don't know if it was because of like the way hormones and everything work, but I was growing so much hair. I couldn't even keep up on the hair on my body because it was just like everything was just so out of way. Yeah, and I couldn't go. I couldn't go to get waxed or do anything like that because life was shut down. So it just was like a whole experience. Like I was experiencing different things. Like even my pH was different. Like um, my my you know my personal scent and things like that. It's yeah. just like like all over though. Like my everything was different. Um, with her and I was really struggling. And I think by like the summer, I had just decided like, you know what. It doesn't even matter because I can't have my kids out here looking halfway decent and I look crazy because I was in black, black pity, black tights, black shirt, black jacket, black boots. Like that, that was only the move, black hat for whole pregnancy, postpartum and everything. So it, it took me till about August to maybe even like, no, maybe June, July to really start even considering wearing color again. Right. Um, yeah. I was in like black, like black, gray, like a little white, but it, we weren't really, it wasn't no switching it up because I just didn't feel comfortable I felt I just always say I feel like the Michelin man I felt real mushy <laughs> that's my thing I be using the Michelin man for everything I be like I feel like the Michelin man that is my joy <laughs> yeah I felt real like real marshmallowy and squishy and it just it just I wasn't enjoying it yeah. it just it wasn't for me like the oh my gosh I had really bad cystic acne like ugh, girl like I'm talking about the it was it was getting so bad on the one side it was it, it looked like a hickey almost like my face was yeah. swollen the like thing I'm is, not. I know about cystic, cystic acne. I didn't even have no kids. My face started break once I hit thirty. My I guess my hormones or whatever changed, and I started breaking out and getting like, like that. I'll have like one or two in my face, and I was like, "What the fuck? Like, what is this about?" So, no, that shit is something serious. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I had to go to war with my skin, and like, oh, but we're coming along, and as my Good. skin is getting better, I noticed that I'm feeling a lot more confident too because like this the skin thing was really just taking me out. It was too much. Listen, Ew. I'm with you on that. Because that's, what is what they say, that's the armor you can never take off. Like, that's the first thing people see is, like, your skin. So you just be like, uh, like, yeah. It's, it's and those steam, them steamy-ass masks don't make it any better. Nope, no, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. So I know we mentioned, you know, like you said, forgiving our mothers, um, you know, as well as our parents, so we can be better mothers slash parents. I want to ask you, how do you think the relationship that we have with our mothers affects us when it comes to raising our own children? Um, I know, I don't know if some people parent their sons and their daughters differently, but I can actually say that I do. And it's not, it's, it's not necessarily, necessarily intentional. I just don't know how to, mm-hmm. <laughs> how not to, I guess you would say, uh, with my daughter, well, with both of them, I've been very, very adamant about being 
affectionate with them, almost overly affectionate, affectionate with them. Um, expressive with Noah because he understands what I'm saying. You know, saying things like "I love you" and stuff like that. Um, but it's been a struggle for me with him because I didn't have any males around me growing up, like from adult male figure. Maybe my goddad was around, but you know, he wasn't like in the mix. He was old head, so he didn't say much. He just read the paper. Um. <laughs> But, I mean, that was it. That's really all he did. He went to work. Um, so, with Noah, I just didn't really know how to parent a, a male child. I didn't know how to parent, period. This is my firstborn. So, I didn't know how to parent a male child. I just knew with him, I just needed to be... With him, I knew I wanted to be a different reflection of what I saw a Black woman as. So, I didn't want his first introduction with a Black woman, especially, like, someone of, of an authority figure, because I'm still his mom. Um, to be an angry black woman, someone that's like loud, angry, like very forceful with him. And I, there are moments when I yell, there are moments when I, I change my tone at him, but I make sure that I don't hit him or pull on him and do different things like that. I, I, I have to constantly remind myself not to do those things because when you've been raised a certain way, even though you don't want to be that parent, you can instantly shift into that mode. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm constantly just having to really be um, a lot more a lot softer with him um, and really aware of his emotions because these kids have emotions. So one thing I never had growing up was like a parent who talked to me about how I felt. And I, even at the age of three, we really talk about how he feels. He has a feelings book. And, you know, he told me the other day, like, I don't want you to be angry at me anymore, mommy. And I'm like, wait a minute, mommy's not angry at you. You know, this is my three-year-old. I'm like, wait, why do you think I'm angry? You know, tell me. And like, we're having a conversation, but he was able to tell me why he thought I was angry. And I was able to relate to him why I wasn't angry, but I was just concerned, you know, and I never had that later possibly kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to offer, I was trying to just, I've been trying to offer him something different. But when I was trying to just, I've been trying to offer him something different. But when Nia, um, she's new to the game. So with her, the same kind of setup right now, just really trying to be super affectionate with her in there. But I know as she grows older, um, taking the time to have mother-daughter experiences with her, like, will be important. So, like, when I say that, well, when I say mother, I, let me take the back. So I had mother daughter experiences, but like my mom would take me to the mall and say, all right, go in the store and pick out what you want and just stand outside and say, come find me. Cause she needed to smoke cigarettes the whole time, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So we didn't, we never like, we wouldn't go into the store and shop together. Right. So that's how we missed those moments of her not knowing me, understanding my style, my taste, my fashion, different colors, different things that I like. I never got to learn those things about her because we, we missed those moments. So, I'm, I, with her, I'm really going to work harder at having those moments with her, having those feminine moments with her. And on the flip side, you know, for her, um, and Noah too, but really for her, because I didn't have a male figure in the home. No, I didn't have a woman to guide me either and say, this is how it works. This is how you deal with men. This is how you should kind of move as a lady in relationships. So I, I really want to be there to give her that. So I'm like, I'm I'm super open to it. Like conversations, I want her to be able to talk to me. I just want to be a different parent. Like I don't want to be, I don't want my children to fear me. I never want mm -hmm. them in the home and they feel scared um, or unimportant or, you know, undervalued. Just all those different things. It's Yeah, it, it takes a lot. Like when you it, when you have these children, to be honest, if you had a son, 
conversaging, meditating, therapy, it brings it right back. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the challenge to see if conversaging, meditating, therapy, it brings it right back. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the challenge to see if the work you did really helped because now you have to you're in the midst of all of this again and you have to take the tools that you require and you know try to parent better and you're not going to be great at it and when Noah and Nia become parents they're going to look back and see stuff that I did that they don't want to do with their kids and I think that's one of the things that I took from postpartum though accepting the fact that I'm never going to be a perfect parent and I'm okay with that I I need my kids I need to be everything my children need me to be for them and I'm willing to do that so that's the difference between my parents, the difference between my parents and style and my parents' parents and style. I just like to say I, I give a fuck differently, I guess. But, mm, yeah. you know, yeah, just really being there for them. Like, I'm just, like, they're, they're busy. They keep my hands full. They're everything. But, like, I really do go into Noah's room in the middle of the night and just kiss on him. I'm constantly putting the cover on him, even though he hates it. He hates it, <laughs> you know, but I can't help it. I just I need them to know like mommy is here like I'm even lurking at night but mommy is here. Mm-hmm. That was really good that you said I give I give a fuck about you know like I give a fuck differently because I feel like that's how I feel about my parents. I've talked about my parents on episodes before. Um, and I always say like, my parents are good parents. Like they were like, I would never sit here and just be like, they're the worst parents in the world. Never, never, ever, ever. They were good parents, but like exactly what you said, they gave a fuck about me in a different way. And I don't know if it necessarily helps as far as our closeness. So, you know, there's definitely love there. There's definitely care there, but I don't know if there's like closeness there, like together. A lot of it had to do like the same thing that you went through. Like there really wasn't any like, nurturing there really wasn't any um same thing that you went through like there really wasn't any like nurturing there really wasn't any um like getting to know one another or like us having mommy and daughter moments and you know a lot of that stuff had to do with my mom like she had she she was insecure about a lot of things she was also you know always stayed in the house from the minute she got married she doesn't drive or anything like that and I think she really limited herself not only in her life, but as far as the relationship with her kids, I think she was like, this is as far as I can go. And, you know, as long as I'm loving you, um, you know, making sure you're fed and you're taken care of and you have all the material things in the world you could ever think of. Cause that's her thing. She will spoil you in a minute. She's very giving when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I think her thought was like, as long as I'm giving in certain aspects, then, you know, even though I'm not giving as far as like us building, it won't matter. Cause I'm giving you this stuff instead. Like I'm making sure you're, you're good. So, and my dad was this, my dad was the same way. My dad was this, my dad was the same way. Like I think for, I think he didn't start telling me he loved me. So he was like in his seventies, like he wouldn't even like give me hugs or anything like that. So it's just like, it's strange how like that can really, it can, it could take a toll on you. Like, you know, no, they're not bad parents by any means, but yeah, I guess they 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 gave a fuck differently, a hundred percent. Well, I think it speaks a lot about how they were parented too, right? Yeah, a hundred percent, because they went through some I shit. I always felt my mom to be like not affectionate. Like I can't tell you the last time my mom gave me a hug. True story. My mom was actually there when both of the kids were born. She did not hold my hand. I don't remember her giving me a kiss on the forehead. I don't recall really? any of those things. No, she's just not affectionate. She didn't like stay and really hold the babies. I gotta go. I'm going home. Like, 
you know, I mean, granted, she lived close, really close, so she could do that. But yeah, she's just very like cold, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if she knows she's as icy as she is, but you know, she's just that's just who she is. But that, like I said, I think that speaks a lot to how she grew up and the things she experienced. So yeah, I really try hard to just be as affectionate as possible with the children. And actually, too, it rolls over into my intimate relationship as well because I'm not. My love language is not physical, <laughs> so physical Girl, touch. So. me too, Joy. That I don't know. It, that's the same thing with me. Like it does roll over because that is not my love language. My love language is like how I was shown love. Like that, that's literally like I think the the love language, like the gifts and the acts of service. But the physical touch, I'm like yeah, I could do without because <laughs> I wasn't Listen. really I could do without because <laughs> I wasn't Listen. really touched. Like like my like I wasn't really given that growing up. So I was just like not all, not all the time, but. Yeah, I'm not really, it, it's crazy. I'm not really, like, phased by if If a day went by and we didn't kiss, I'm not really, like, phased by if If a day went by and we didn't kiss all day, I wouldn't feel like he's cheating or out mm-hmm. in the You know, done gifted something, because I'm the gift giver. Yeah. You know, and, you know, that's the way I am. Like, acts of service, little, little acts of service, but I just a gift giver. Yeah. You know, and, you know, that's the way I am. Like, acts of service, little, little acts of service, but I just, I'm working at becoming a more physically affectionate person. Because people need that. It's hard to give it when you, when you don't really have, like, a physical example. You, you don't know? know what it really is. Yeah. 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 That's very true. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. So I did want to have two more questions. Um, and then I'm in general, like, what does that entail exactly? Because like, how do you go about that? And I ask that because I find myself having a hard time. How do you go about that? And I ask that because I find myself having a hard time forgiving people wholeheartedly. Like I think I forgive them. I might say I've forgiven them. So I just be wondering, like, what does how does it enta- like how what does that entail when you say like forgiving a mother or a parent? What does that entail when you say like forgiving a mother or a parent? So forgiving my parents just was a matter of acceptance. It is what it is. I just haven't forgotten. But I've accepted that they they were adults, right? Because I'm an adult. I've accepted that they they were adults, right? Because I'm an adult and I'm a parent now too. And adults go through things mm-hmm. and adults react and respond to things differently some people in a good way some people in a bad way so I that was like how I was able to kind of forgive them because if I held on to that too much I wouldn't even been able to start that cycle of being more affectionate well break that cycle of being you know non-affectionate or whatever so now I'm able to do that just because I accepted the fact like they they are who they are I think you just gotta let them like so my mom is a little older too. So she'll be, I think she'll be 66 tomorrow, 66 or 67. I can't remember. Okay. I'm sorry on Sunday. So, you know, there's, and she had me when she was 32. So there's like a big generational gap here. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem like it's large, but it actually is. That's, that's a big gap. So we just don't, we just don't really connect. So I've, I've always kind of factored that into like, she's just from a different time. She just kind of moves differently. Um, like that's how I just have ex- forgave her like that was my form of forgiveness with her um and I guess the the flip side to me forgiving her was when I did find out I was expecting Noah I really just made it my priority to start communicating with her more almost forcing a relationship of sorts um and we got a a bit closer but I really wanted my children to have a grandparent um 
in their lives and she's that so I needed you to be there so I, I had to allow that space for her for my children it's you just start making decisions for them not for you too so I had to accept her as a adult uh, as an adult and then just make the space for her to have a relationship with them because this is her second chance to get it right well second third chance mm-hmm. so if she chooses to fuck it up this time that's on her but you can't say that I didn't give you that space to do that, like to try again, to be a better woman. Because I'm trying to be a better woman every day when I get up and I'm, I'm in my home. So you can do the same. And I've also decided, too, to, like, talk to her like she's a grown-ass woman. Like, I'm not disrespecting my mom, but I mm-hmm. I don't let her talk to me any kind of way anymore, talk at me any kind of way. Like, I had to kind of find my, my ground with her. And when I found my ground with her, I was able to find a lot more peace, too, because I'm not a child anymore. You can't bully me. Mm-hmm. So... You know, with all of those different different factors, it just it makes it easier to kind of just let us have just let us be sis. Like I, that's right, the only way right. I can describe it. Like you, you, you're just going to always be you, mom, and we're just different people, mm-hmm. and we missed a lot of opportunities to really connect. I don't know if it'll happen. This space is there, but I'm not. I, I'm literally, I just don't have time. Like when you become, yeah. when you're older too and you got other shit going on, you just don't have time. You don't even know who it is. A hundred percent. No, listen, a hundred percent. See my mom, she lives next door and I, I'm, I need to get to a point where I'm just like, this is who she is and that's it. Because I feel like I get there sometimes and then she does something and I'll just be like, why is she doing this? Cause she like, I don't know if she's aware of it, but she triggers me a lot. And I'll just be like, why? Why is she doing this? Like, I'll ask Maj, like, and he'll just be like, you know, that's how she is. Like, that's just how she is. She, I, it's, a lot of times I think my, my mom just don't know no better with certain things. Like, she, like you said, she's from a different generation. So she believes that this is cool. And I'll be like, no. And I'll try to explain to her and she just goes over her head. So I'm trying to get to just like a point, like you said, where it's just like, I accept you for who you are. I understand that this is just what it is and kind of work around it, maneuver around it. But right now I just, I deal with a lot of like just being triggered by her and by family members. Like they trigger me so quickly and I just, I'm over it. I'm like, nah, like you said, I don't got the time for this. I don't got the time to be triggered. Let me live. Just um, let me be. But you know what, though? When they trigger me now, I do say how I feel. That's the difference, though. I'm going to tell you how I feel. And that's what I need to do, too. You're not going to, like, what you're not going to do is walk all over me. You're going to hear me because I heard you. So now you're going to hear me. Yeah. That's true. So my last question is, how has just learning to accept your mother for who she is, how has that helped? Has it made parenting easier for you? <laughs> I don't think there's anything <laughs> I don't think there's anything you can do to make parenting easier. Um okay. I think it has made it easier for me to accept my flaws as a woman. Okay. In the work the and, and it made it made, it's made it easier for me to accept the fact that I'm always gonna have to do work on myself to be a good mother and partner because they all kind of just go hand in hand with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's about it. I, that's all I got. That's <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. That's good. That was actually really, really good. So for sure. Um, parenting so, is nothing, nothing like nothing makes it nothing. There's currently shit on the stroller. I need to clean up for like, <laughs> nothing. Nothing makes it easier. Okay. 
the day crazy. never ends. It's crazy because it's just like, and that was one of the responses somebody said, like realizing I'm a mom 24-7. And I was like, yo, I think that would get to me too. Like, so this shit don't end? Like, this is forever? Like, at least until you're 18? And then you never know because it could go past that. Like, your child might really need you past 18. Um, and it's just like, this is a lot. <laughs> like, this is a lot. And I even saw like people like I had one person who messaged me and they said seeing their responses scared them because I guess they're like, I'm responsible for this human being. And I was like, I think that's just normal. Like, I think that's the general gist is of you being like, I'm responsible for this human being and I don't want to fuck up. Like, you know, like, am I doing this right? So I think that'll get anybody who truly cares about being a good parent to their child. So. Oh, you gonna fuck up all the time, right? And I'm, I wish somebody would say that though, and that's probably why people were so eager to respond to the question because people just want to talk about how they really feel. Like, yeah, girl, I'm stressed out. Girl, these kids are wearing me out. If this boy asks for another cheese stick, you know, things <laughs> like that, right? Like, it's just, people really do want to talk. People, we really do want to talk about it. I think we're a more aware generation, mm-hmm. and we want to be like expressive about our emotions and we want to talk girl we want to talk about it like if so many people could have talked about it if our moms could have talked about it do you there could have been such a shift in the relationship yeah yeah you know yep that is true dang joy you hooked it up okay you done you done gave us a lot during that segment (laughs) it was really really good thank you are you welcome? You coming through with the with the damn Oprah questions? You know, I was try- I was really trying. Like I was like, I really wanna, cause I'm like you said, I feel like there's a lot of people who are going through a lot, but they feel like they can't talk about it either because they feel like they'll look weak or they're worried about being judged or you know whatever whatever lie they tell themselves. You know, cause that's what at the end of the at the end of the day it is is a, you know a lie that we believe. Um, and a lot of it I think has to do with like social media, like you go on this social media and people are only posting the good things about being a parent or like how well their family's doing. And look at me, I'm, I'm doing a whole rustic theme Christmas while having a newborn. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like they'll really make it seem like it's just the easiest walk in the park and it's not. And I just really wanted to have an open and real conversation because like you said, I know there's a lot of people out there who can relate, especially when I was getting all those responses. I thought there were going to be a lot of people hesitant about it because even though it's anonymous to everyone else, what I'm sharing, I know who they are. And, you know, it's just like, I was really, I was really grateful that people were willing to be that open. So for sure. So people love to vent about me and the mom. Y'all need to. That's a lot of work. Some time to do it. (laughs) We can do that all day. Stories for days, days. And I, I haven't even been a mom very long, so I can only. It's some veterans out there. Right, right. (laughs) Okay. So the last segment, and this will wrap everything up, is called "The More You Know." So my question to you is: Knowing what you know now. What advice would you give to your former self that you feel like will also help listeners? And it doesn't have to be on just like, you know, the stuff that we talked about. It could be about anything. Mm. I would say I would probably tell my like younger self it's okay to be angry, but you have to express it. Okay. Um that's probably what I told that's probably what I would have told my younger self. I probably would have been a lot farther in life, to be honest. If- yeah. I would have known it's okay to just actually, you can say you're angry. You don't have to like go tear shit up. So, right. you know. Shoot, where were you years I, ago for me? Because listen, 
<laughs> it's been a long road for me trying to realize, like, you ain't got to fucking make a scene just to express that you don't like the way you were treated. Like, you ain't got to lose your mind, sis. <laughs> Look, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't put on some performances. Um, <laughs> some straight performances, you know, and if I didn't, I would have told my younger self that, because I don't, I don't, I'm not going to ever say like, oh, I'll, I'll never be angry again. I'm going to be angry. It's going to be times I'm going to be angry. Just, it's okay to be angry. Just, you got to figure out how to express it differently, you know? So I would have told my younger self that. That's good. I really, really like that. So well, the last thing would be is to tell people where they can follow you slash find you on social media. So on social media, um, you can find me on Instagram at Chef Joy Parham. And if you're interested in any catering services or private chef services, you can always go to my website. It's www.dineurban.co.com. Um, you can always send me a message over there or check out the online store. Uh, it's actually going to be rotating soon. Um, it should, if I have the time, because life is life, it should be done by Sunday, but it'll be rotating for the remainder of the year until we get into the first quarter of the year. So it'll be some new items on there for the season. Um, just baked goods we really do inside for the holiday season. Especially now because I'm not coming to nobody's house to cook anything. I don't nope. I don't want your germs. I was like, nope. We're yeah, I'll drop COVID it off though. Free. We have a nice delivery day. <laughs> right. You know, we do a real nice uh curbside pickup setup and everything or drop and go, but yeah, we're not really doing too many catering services right now. Gotcha. All right. Well, guys, if you want to follow Vixen by C Ortiz, that is at VXN.XEO on Instagram. And if you want to follow my personal page to see any other cock rings that I post on my IG story, <laughs> I'm at it's three underscores X dot CO. Thank you, Joy, so much again for coming on here and for being so willing to share. I think this is going to be really helpful. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And I got to send you a picture of the cock ring or whatever. Yes, so send me the, the real one, not the one with the ball attachment. <laughs> Yeah, they got little, color, little different colors and things. You know, you can get the one with the little ridges on it if you want. Oh, but yeah, we got it. options. <laughs> but this was fun. Thank, Thank you, so, you much. so much again. Right. This was good. All right, wait a minute. Do I just hang? How does this go? No, you Do you don't just... have to... <laughs>